0: Hi, welcome to the Get Strong and Healthy podcast. My name is Anna Clow. Thank you for being here. Today, we have a special guest, Tori Truesdale, Loudon's home organizer and community organizer. Tori has a gift for making people feel welcomed and safe in the spaces she creates. She's a big mental health advocate, and I am really looking forward to our chat today. Um We're going to talk ways that you can thrive rather than survive in this crazy life. Um, So Tori, I'd love if you kind of introduce yourself any more that you'd like and share a bit about your story of how you got into this and kind of all the different things that you do, retreat, et cetera, and we can go from there.
1: Yay. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for having me on. Um, I have always been, I've always admired your energy. And so the fact that we're able to do this, I am very excited for this episode. Um, So yes, I am a home organizer. So um, I started that about a year and a half ago. So I go into people's homes and also workplaces um, and I help them make the spaces the way that they want them to be. So a lot of times our spaces don't reflect the way we want to live our lives, Um, And what I've realized is that um, it's a huge mental health aspect. So a lot of times our homes don't actually work for the way that we want to live out our lives, whether it's, you know, people feel like they can't relax in their homes because of the clutter. Um, Maybe they feel like, I know with families, um, they struggle with maybe one person taking all the big roles in the home. and it's not a collective, um, kind of atmosphere where everyone contributes. Um, so I love helping my clients, not only with obviously the physical going through the items and like figuring out what stays and goes, but also just seeing relationships flourish after really getting clear on the spaces in the home, empowering every single member in the home to, you know, take ownership of these spaces. Um, and, it just ends up helping every aspect of our health. So um, that's kind of the true belongings aspect. That's my company name for home organizing. Um, And not only am I a home organizer, but I absolutely love organizing when it comes to the community. Um, And so I refer to myself as a bridge builder and a people connector uh, because I really do love seeing collaborations happen, seeing... um, People come together for amazing causes, whether it's, you know, mental health or what Anna and I are doing right now, you know, sharing, having this open conversation about these things that are important to us. So that's kind of the community organizer aspect of what I do. Um, an extension of that is um, I plan retreats currently they're for women uh, and it's called the Reconnect and Restore Retreat. Um, I had my first one in July, which was just a day retreat uh, in Loudoun County. Um, And then this time, um, which is later this month, I will be having um, a retreat in Lovettsville, So still in Loudoun County, um, which will be a day retreat for most people. And then there's also um, an add-on where people can spend the night um, for that Saturday night. So that's kind of a little bit about what I do. I kind of do like... A lot of things I call myself multi-passionate. Um, so when when I introduce myself, sometimes it's a struggle to kind of say like, what exactly I do? Um, but yeah, those are a few things of kind of like what I care about and what I'm connected to.
0: Love it. I am, uh, side note, I am going to be attending this retreat that Tori is putting on and going to be putting on a workshop which I'm really excited for kind of a nutrition fitness, um, type one. Um, but Tori, is there any spots left for this retreat? I'd love if you shared a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So we currently do have a few more spots left. Um, so we will cap at 50 people. The current count is, um, last time I checked, we were at 35. Um, and so, we do have a little bit, you know, a few more spaces left. Um, we have a couple spaces for day tickets and a couple spaces to spend the night. So, um we intentionally set up the retreat to make it accessible for everyone. So we do have four different ticker- ticket tiers, um starting at 111 for a day ticket. If you know about angel numbers, you understand why I made the prices what I made them. Um but essentially the pricing is 111, 222, 3 or 444 and 555. Um and so that's kind of, you know, I would love if you're listening and you're like I need to pour into myself, I feel burnt out, I feel exhausted, I need a day for me. Um listen to that, you know, inner voice in you that's saying like do this. Um and you'll see Anna and I there.
0: Yeah, we would love to see you. Um cool. So let's transition to kind of chatting some ways that you can be proactive with your self-care and prioritize your mental health. These are things that I hear you talking about all the time. And I know that you are very passionate about, and um, I think these things are so important. And oftentimes we kind of push them aside or we let these things fall to the wayside, or we're not even aware that, these different things can make such a big impact in our lives to help us feel more grounded, more in control, more at peace, more present, rather than feeling constantly stressed, burnt mm-hmm. out. All those, all those sorts of things that are very common these days with you know just the fast paced life that a lot of us are um, living. So, the first kind of note I uh, wanted to mention here that has has been big for me is focusing on like living in the small moments.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, I think it's really easy to fill every second with something, right? Mm-hmm. We want to distract from any sort of uncomfortable thought or emotion, or, um, you know, we're just constantly feeling like we have to be productive. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, it feels like life. I I live life in the small moments of when I'm out on my deck and I'm taking in the trees or I'm taking a couple deep breaths, you know, on a drive with minimal, um, you know, music or anything like that. Just having those moments of mindfulness Mm -hmm. and letting yourself kind of take a, take a brain break from the constant stimulation that, um, a lot of us create. So, um, What do you think about that? Have you had an experience where you've kind of realized that yourself?
1: Yeah. Um, my mom and I were just having a conversation this weekend of feeling, um, you know, in the world we live in today, it is so go, go, go. And, you know, um, work your hardest and like, you know, get to the top and, just feeling like that doesn't align with the, what my body's telling me to do. And so it's like, I'm super grateful to have people in my life that are choosing to live this alternative path. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not like, that doesn't mean that it's not hard. It is so hard to like live out this life of rest, intention presence, um, you can feel like, am I being lazy? Like you hear, you know, those lies in your head of like, you're lazy or like, come on, you just have to work harder. If like, you want to have these things later in life, you need to be making more money than you are right now. And I was kind of like having a moment of that. I think on our healing journey, we feel as if, oh, I have to have it all together. And like, I never have doubts that is so false. I was having doubts this weekend, feeling like mom, Why am why am I like financially struggling? Like I feel like I've been putting in so much work and it's just not um correlating and you know, putting in, you know, all of that kind of like when you're gardening, like putting in all that work and being like, where's the fruit? Um and my mom was like, Tori, you like look at other aspects besides your finances, like you are thriving in other aspects of your life. And it is such a beautiful thing. And like in our world, we don't always celebrate those aspects. And she's like, you have learned boundaries. You have learned how to like nourish yourself and your relationships. And so like hearing that, like having someone speak that truth into me at a time when I was very like putting myself down, it was like, oh my gosh, like, thank you for that reminder. Um, So I think um, one, it's really hard to live this live life differently. Um, than the the norm, which is very go, go, go. But like, not only that, it's like critical to have people in your circle. Um, and what I mean by that is like three, if you have three people in your circle that are, you know, pouring into like my mom did, that is a win. Even one person is a win to be like, you know what, like reminding you, like, hold up, like you are not doing all the things wrong. Like you've done so many amazing things. So I think that's like critical in this conversation to bring up our support system, who is supporting us? Are there people in our lives that actually aren't supporting us? Um, And recognizing that and releasing those relationships, normalizing, letting go of relationships that are not aligned with the path that we want to be on. So yeah, definitely everything you're saying. I'm like, yes, yes, yes.
0: Yeah. And so much gold there. Something you mentioned was wealth being more than the financial. I I really have recently kind of becoming aware of that is that I've made all this progress in my life that isn't, you know, necessarily uh, financial related I've made so much progress in how I feel each day, feeling more at peace, more calm, more surrendered to, you know, trusting my path. Um, I I no longer feel guilty for taking rest and having play in my life. I used to be the constant go go go, you know, always in my head, constant stressed out and and when you can allow yourself to actually rest your rest is actually a lot more productive when, when I think that when we rest, we can have this little voice in our head being like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this, right? You're feeling guilty for taking rest. And it's like, is that even restful when we do that? Like, no. So, um, for me really setting up my day to finish my day, feeling accomplished, feeling like I moved the needle forward. I did what I could, um, being realistic with my schedule has helped me really be able to take some rest and like not feel bad about it, you know, and um kind of adding in some play into my days and my weeks that's something else I had like jotted down here is incorporating like my daily dancing. You guys probably see it on my stories. I'll share it sometimes where I'm just like jamming out, I'm dancing, I'm like, um sometimes I'll post it or, but yeah, I'm, I'm intentional with making sure that I have a little bit of that, just Mm -hmm. being spontaneous, being, you know, just silly and just kind of tapping into like that inner child part of me. And also during the weekends kind of like saying, Hey, like what's something I could do. That's fun. Whether it be like, Mm -hmm. you know, rollerblading out on my, you know, outside, even though I'm really bad at that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like fall so much, but, um, or, or, uh, last weekend I went to an escape room. Whereas years ago I'd be like, no, I just, you know, I would kind of like avoid any and all things that weren't like driving me forward and, you know, uh, contributing to my success, which that just leads to crazy burnout. burnout. (laughs) Yeah. Like that is just very unrealistic and we got to live our lives, right? Mm -hmm. Like life is happening right now. That's one of my favorite sayings is, is Mm -hmm. life is happening right now. And if we continually, continuously think that, oh, when I get here, I'll be happy. Or, oh, when I achieve this, like, then my life will start. Or at this age, then, you know, I'll be able to da 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 And it's like, we have to remind ourselves that, like, our life is, you know, in this moment and, and life isn't, life is short as, as uh, cheesy and, you know, overused as that is. It's true.
1: Yeah. I love that you brought a play. Um, So I think it was, it was about two years ago when, it hit me. I was like coming out of my mental health crisis and I heard an episode on We Can Do Hard Things. Glennon Doyle, um, it was all about play. And she was sharing, she was like, I don't know what play is. Like, she was very like similar to us, was very like, what is play? Like, I do all the things, but like, what's the point? And like her wife, Abby, is like very, loves plays. Like, I mean, I can't not integrate it. And so Glennon was having this conversation of like, oh my gosh, like this aspect is so critical to our nourishment and to like adding this like beauty and um aspect of our lives that just like fulfills us in ways that like, you know, these goals and productivity don't. And so I leaned into that and I was like, hey, like, oh my gosh, I really don't do anything for play. Like everything is for a goal, for an end purpose, like yep. whether it's, you know, for my siblings or for my work or, you know, for the community, like, and those are all good things, but it does like, but I was like, what do I do? Like just for myself or like just to get lost in time to be present. And, um, so yeah, I, I picked up rollerblading and I was like, this is something I'm not good at. Um, however, (laughs) I am like leading into and, um, getting lost in it. Like I can't be on my phone while I'm rollerblading. It's like, you have to like focus and, and, you know, be in that moment outdoors. So that was something that I leaned into for play. Um, And then another thing that I do a lot in the winter time for play are puzzles. And um, I know not everyone likes puzzles, but um, that's something that like gets me off my phone and I'm using my brain, but I'm using my brain to create this like beautiful picture in the end. Um, so I try to pick puzzles that like, when I have it done, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so gorgeous. Um, and yeah, so that's just something like I can get lost in. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for two hours. Like I'm not, you know, on my phone, or I'm not watching TV, um, but I'm home. And so that's an example. I, if, if you're curious and you're listening and you're like, I don't even know where to start. That's an example of play that has helped me. Um, I know others that like play for them as painting. Um, my roommate is like very into play painting. And so that's kind of like her aspect of play is just like getting a canvas out and just like doing, getting lost in the paint and like putting some music on while she's painting. So, um, yeah, those are like examples of play and it doesn't have to be this like big thing. Um, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It can be, it can be so small or even, I want to share something that I've started is jujitsu. I've talked about this before, but I think this is also a good segue into like the next Mm -hmm. uh, kind of topic too. But for me, jujitsu has been so fulfilling from a play standpoint uh i it feels fun it feels like mm-hmm. i am solving puzzles i am mm-hmm. you know competitive in there like that's something that is is really fun for me and i feel so present like you said like i get lost in my training there it it mm-hmm. flies by and i am so focused the entire time mm-hmm. cuz it is it's difficult learning these these pretty in-depth like new moves and all the little like intricate grips and ways to you know move things and uh, i notice that i have a very hard time thinking about anything else and so it's just an incredible thing for me to feel really really present mm-hmm. and jiu jitsu is like solving puzzles it is it's you know this person moves this way all right now what do i do like you know the whole mm-hmm. thing is kind of um like puzzles in that way and Mm -hmm. the other aspect of this has been relationships and this this piece has been huge for me in my you know healing type journey is prioritizing my relationships in my life Mm -hmm. for a long time I was that loner the always you know grinding like I I'm independent like this was probably some uh you know hyper independence coming from like some you know trauma back in my high school years um mm-hmm. where i would yeah i would kind of just always be on my own and mm-hmm. in 2022 i really started leaning into networking right we met up right like i was constantly reaching out to people just getting to know more people in the community and that added so much value to my life. Like I didn't realize how much my mental health could, could have been positively impacted by having more people around me. It it blew my mind and I started working. I was an in-person trainer at a gym for a couple months and that also made a big difference for me from a mental health standpoint. And and now I do a little bit of in-person training with my clients for strong and healthy, um, And so, yeah, relationships have been something that kind of, kind of like surprised that I didn't recognize until it started, I started bringing more in is like, wow, this makes such a difference having people around me. And there's a saying, it's like, we are stronger together. And I think that that is so, so true. Like no matter, you know, what it is, whether it's business wise, whether it's just personally, like. I think that having people, the right people around you, um, can can add so much value to your life. And I'm sure you can have a lot to say on that because <laughs> this community organizer.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um I just want to say to my introverts out there, I am in fact an introvert. I know that's hard to believe, um, but I am. Um, and yet. I still believe we all need community. We all need relationships that that might look differently Um, as an introvert. You might not need as much, but um, please know that um, we all need community. And that doesn't mean you need like 20 people in your close circle. No, like like I said in the beginning, having one person to, you know, pour into you, like you are winning. If you have one person who like, who knows you and who knows your love language knows how you can, how you receive best, because a lot of times it's tricky to find relationships that can sharpen you, hold you accountable in the ways that like you need. Um, so if you don't have that, it is okay. It takes time, Um, But even just being conscious of that, of like, what do I need in my relationships? What do I need from the people in my life Um, is like a great question to like journal about to be like, what things do I not like? What things make me feel um, smaller or make me feel suffocated in relationships? And that'll kind of show you maybe um, what things in certain relationships need to shift Maybe it doesn't mean the relationship needs to leave your life, but maybe you need to have a conversation with that person and say, I love you. And I know you're trying to love me. However, I've been changing and evolving and this may have worked at, at one point in my life, but I don't receive this well anymore. Can we talk about a way to move forward in our relationship? Cause I care about it, but this isn't working for me. Um, and I can say in the last year, I've, I've done that with easily five people in my life. Has it been easy? No. Would I cry some days? Yes. Would I feel like I can't? Like, what am I doing? This is overwhelming. Absolutely. But I'm on the other side of it. And I'm in a phase of my life where everyone in my life are people that I want in my life. And the people that have been unhealthy for me, I have taken a step back from or I have completely released Um, and it's a beautiful space to be in. Um, does that mean I, I wish them harm? No, like I just recognize I'm actually like this relationship isn't helping either of us and it's holding me back. And I may be holding that person back in other aspects. So that has been like a game changer over this last year. You know, my therapist has helped me navigate that. Um, some of the relationships in my life have helped me navigate, like, what's a healthy relationship, not just in terms of dating, but in terms of friendships, in terms of small business owners in the community, in terms of family dynamics, like there's so many um, components of relationships in our lives. And we hyper focus on dating relationships. And it's like, and then we neglect every other relationship. And it's like, oh, my goodness, like, there's some work that needs to be done in these relationships to cultivate a healthy um, environment where we are both giving and receiving. And yeah. So I don't know. It's, I, that might've been a little ramble, but has like really helped me. Um, I feel like the need to um, specify that family relationships are sometimes the most toxic relationships in our life. And I am one to say, shout that from the rooftops. Um, I am grateful that some of those relationships I had to have hard conversations with and they're better now. Um, And so there's hope if like you have a family relationship that doesn't feel good to you and you're like, how do I navigate this? How do I navigate the holidays? How do I navigate like showing up for birthday parties or sporting events? And like, I'm not in relationship with these people. Um, it's tricky, but, um, it can be done. Uh, I've learned a lot
0: about communication in the last year. That's been really hard, but really life-giving. So yeah, I love that life-giving. Um, so much, (laughs) so much gold here. Two things that I've found so key. And I think you would agree is that relationship, relationships take a lot of reflection and self-awareness of, like you said, what is, you know, happening here. Is this like beneficial to both of us kind of, um, are things balanced in giving and receiving and also the communication aspect, huge, <laughs> absolutely yes. huge. And I think is very, very mm-hmm. common that is, is, uh, drop the ball on. And, and this can like burn the bridges for a lot of people is when, this communication doesn't happen. So are you being open with the people around you with how you feel about things, with how, you know, you think that they could show up uh, better for you or how asking how you could show up better for them or just anything that kind of bugs you. Are you are you communicating that or are you letting that build up deep down inside and you're you're creating this resentment and then it just turns up in passive aggressiveness and it just is not mm. helpful for anyone Mm -hmm. so communication has been something that over time I I learned so much like especially just through Instagram like the holistic psychologist I always I I always see like you (laughs) like her post I'm like it's like liked by Tori (laughs) Truesdale and I'm like Tori gets it Tori's Tori gets it but um, the holistic psychologist just following her on Instagram every day. It's like a yeah. little, it's a new gem of gold mm. with how you can communicate better in relationships. And every time I'm reflecting on all of my relationships and kind of like, wow, like, yeah, I'm, I'm proud. Like I, I, uh, do that or, Hey, like, this is something I think I have room for growth in, mm. um, or like, you know, Hey, I want to like send this to like my partner. And like, this is just a really cool you know, way to talk about communication. And so like finding some Mm -hmm. source of, I would, I would recommend following her. Um, That's where I like learned the most, Mm -hmm. Uh, but a lot of it comes from that reflection and that like Mm -hmm. introspection with, um, with the relationships you have and, and just kind of being honest and open with yourself, communicating with yourself first, and then being able to communicate with others. And that takes a lot of self-awareness.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned the holistic psychologist. Two other accounts came to mind that are very in alignment with that. Um, Neja Tawab, she is phenomenal. I share her a lot. She is basically like the queen of boundaries. Uh, she's an author. She's a therapist. She, I saw her um, with my sister uh, in December. She was the guest Um or the other person I'm going to talk about is Alex L. Uh, so Alex L released a book all about healing. Um, and Nedra was the guest on the, the DC stop. So seeing both of them, um, like I said, they're both authors. They're both just stepping in and being like, how do we, you know, better our relationships? How do we talk about these things? Boundaries with family, Um just the idea of boundaries is just like this like new thing that like we didn't talk about for so long. And so they're both really great as well. They, I share a lot of both of them on my story too. Cause it'll be like, I'll read a little blurb and I'm like, oof, okay. That was something I needed to hear. Um, so those are also two other accounts that are super helpful in navigating what Anna and I are talking about today.
0: Yeah. And as you mentioned boundaries, That's a huge one that a -hmm. lot of, that is really important. And also Mm -hmm. what goes hand in hand with that is people pleasing. I think Mm -hmm. that this is really common and something that (laughs) I love like diving into and something one of my clients, especially will talk about this a lot where she might be like saying yes to someone else and say, and that means on the flip side, she's saying no to herself.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And that
0: is um something I'm I'm sure you have some. I think we've talked about this before, but some of the oldest the, the
1: sibling dynamics, I think we bonded on being like, I'm the oldest of six. So like queen of people pleasing. And it, you know, it was always like, watch out for my little siblings. I'm like the mama bear of the family. Um, and so what started as like a harmless, helpful thing evolved into this thing of like, putting my siblings before myself. And I'd be like, Oh, that's selfish to put myself first. And it was like, No, 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 it turned into me actually being um, not as strong of a sister to my siblings, because I was neglecting myself. And it took like a lot for me to recognize that It was like, Oh, my gosh, I, I have to like, say no to my siblings. Sometimes And that makes me a better sister, but it took a long time to get there because I was like, you know, got to be there, got to show up, got to like, you know, be the superstar for them and like, show them, like, just show them this path. um, I felt, and I was like, no, actually, like, I have to be clear about my path. And like, if that inspires them and, you know, gets them thinking about their path that is wonderful, but like, I can't live their lives for them. So that was a big thing with the big sister complex.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Sometimes you have to just be clear, get clear on your boundaries and, um, can make, can make a huge difference. Something else that I heard recently, I think it might've been from this holistic psychologist actually, Um, But it's helped me a ton when it comes to navigating like adult relationships is, uh, she says, adults are capable of being disappointed. And Mm -hmm. I love -hmm. that because I remind myself of that because a lot of the time, you know, I'll have this truth that I'm wanting to convey. And sometimes my, I'm trying to then manage someone else's emotions with how they're going to potentially feel about that. And I, sometimes I'll remind myself, okay, like adults are capable of being disappointed. It's okay to disappoint people sometimes if it is, you know, um, the best thing for you and potentially like them as well.
1: I love that. Uh, I could have totally used that at like 15 years old. That would have shifted a lot in my life of like the adults in your life will be okay. Um, you like need to show up as a teenager, not as an adult for the adults. Um, and so, yeah, that is like very, um, I think I saw, I saw that post from the holistic psychologist. I was like, yeah, that is something that is, um, it's okay to disappoint people. We feel like we're like the worst as being a people pleaser, recovering people pleaser, You know, I had to retrain that part of my brain that was like, if I let someone down, they're going to hate me and they're going to shut me out of their lives. And it's like, no, like if they do that, it's a sign, it's a red flag that it's a toxic relationship. So that was something like, as I was like having these conversations this last year with people in my life, it was like, I was paying attention to their reactions and it was like, if they reacted in a way that was like, goodbye, don't want to hear it, you're selfish, which some of them did. Unfortunately, it hurt, but I recognize, you know what, this is not a relationship that is for me. They're not for me. Um, and that was hard, but going into it, knowing that, that like either way it goes, it's either going to be a red flag or like a, wow, we can evolve. We can change. Um, was like helpful to know like, oh, wow. Now I see it so clearly. Like when I try to prioritize myself and certain people don't support it, they're threatened by that. It's like, oh my gosh, I realized how lopsided the relationship was. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And, uh, and when other people react a certain way or how they respond, what I love Every time something like this happens, I'll remind myself, their response, how they're choosing to react right now is a reflection of them Mm -hmm. and their work, right? Mm -hmm. It's not- Their
1: baggage. Yes. Not not
0: ours. Yes. (laughs) It's often, um, I I, like releasing that from you being your responsibility and your fault is huge when you can, you know, Mm -hmm. if someone is being- um, Feeling, you know, extremely emotional or uh, about you trying to set a boundary. It's like, you know, and you're communicating how this is going to benefit both parties. Uh, and and they're, you know, responding this way. It's like that is that's maybe a reflection of their past and and their, you know, trauma. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's something that I, I find myself using all the time is mm-hmm. is reminding myself of that, and it really is it, very helpful.
1: There was something too with being a people pleaser. A lot of times the people pleasers are also the ones who put in more work in the relationships. And so I had a period of my life where I just decided it was like probably about three months of my life last year where I was like, I'm going to like take the like back row seat of this relationship and like not pursue the relationship and just see what happens. Um, And it was a painful process for some some relationships I recognized when I stopped pursuing, they didn't exist. And then others surprised me. And when I stopped pursuing, they recognized, Oh, Oh my goodness. Like they started pursuing. And like, it was cool to like, take inventory of that and be like, um,
0: where is it one-sided?
1: Yes. Where, where is it truly one-sided and where is it not necessarily one-sided because the other person doesn't want to contribute, but because I'm always the one hyper contributing and like not giving them the chance. Like my mom's a great example of that, um, that she was the second of like, I was always approach, approach, approach mom. And like giving her the space to approach me has been like really healing for both of us. Cause I feel like you want to feel like pursued and loved by like people that you admire and adore in your life. And, um, giving certain people in our lives the space and time. Maybe they're more introverted. Um, maybe they take more time to process. Um, and so it's like a beautiful thing to like let other people pursue you for once. Um, and I've like I've kind of adopted that into my life. I, I still pursue my relationships. I can't help it's in my nature. Like it was really hard not to do that for like three months of my life. but um, I'm more aware now of like, Oof! like, am I just, am I the one always reaching out? Like, this is getting exhausting or like, I need to have a conversation um, of like, Hey, like, I just feel like I'm always doing the work. And so that's been helpful to like, have that as a strategy. If I ever feel like I'm struggling with some relationships to kind of be like, all right, take in the back row seat. We're going to see if this relationship just doesn't exist anymore because I stop
0: putting in the work. I love that. I love that so much. Um, definitely. have used that a couple of times myself when it, it can rate relationships can sometimes be like one-sided, like, dang, I am the <laughs> only one saying anything, making plans. And it's like, reach out to me, please for just one time. Um, but okay. Next thing I wanted to touch on was, incorporating a mindfulness practice into your day. So we kind of talked about how you can be more mindful, especially in like the small moments. And I am uh, often talking about mindful eating. That is a big thing when it comes to nutrition that can have a have a huge impact. But aside from those things, incorporating a like structured type mindfulness practice in your day can be very beneficial. And it doesn't have to be this big thing if you don't want it to be. I know that a lot of people love meditation
1: Mm -hmm. or
0: yoga or journaling. Um, Mm -hmm. Lately for me, I've been loving Mm breathwork. I have this app called, it's all one word. It's called breathwork with no O. And it has a follow along, like one or two minute, you know, get calm type of breathwork session. And what I've done is habit stacked it with something else that I always do first thing in the morning. So I've gotten in the habit of every day I check all of my bank accounts first thing Mm -hmm. and habit stacked it with my breathwork session. And I have it on my calendar. So it's like, it's something that I start my day off with first off doing for me. It also gets me in a calm state, right? Mm -hmm. Breath work has been shown to uh, very much improve our stress levels, our nervous system regulation. Mm -hmm. And it's something that kind of makes me feel like accomplished first thing. It's really easy. It's small. And I check it off and I'm like, bam, all right, awesome. Like I'm getting into my day. And so that's been something that I've found is working really well for me because I've tried, I've tried, you know. I wanna, I wanna journal every morning, or I wanna, you know, start meditation, and and I quickly will kind of have a hard time with that. And those things are awesome, but for me, I find that something like journaling is really great intermittently when I find that I would, um, that I'm wanting to, you know, utilize it type of thing. And the breath work has been really big for me. Um, and so, yeah, do you have any other mindfulness practices, or or kind of what do you incorporate if anything?
1: Um my biggest mindful practice is sleep. Um the reason why for me sleep is so critical and um kind of like a when I'm not sleeping, um when I went through my mental health crisis, um when it began in like August of 2020, um I slowly stopped sleeping. Um and it was like over time. So like, it wasn't super obvious, but it was like, it was like started with like me not being able to fall asleep or like me just like having so much extra energy. Um, and it got so bad to the point that like, I think I was maybe sleeping, like it's so bad, like maybe two hours a night, just like my brain cannot shut off. Um, and so for me, sleep is literally the, like the foundation for my mental health. Um, and I've recognized that like my body needs nine hours of sleep a night period. Um, and that's been really hard to accept. And I've like fought it for a long time. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, there's some people that can get six to seven. Like, I'm so jealous. Like, I wish I could function on that. Um, and I'm not here to, to say if those people truly can or can't, I just know that I truly can't function on six to seven hours of sleep. Um, And so for me, this season, maybe it's just a season. I don't know. But currently I love going to bed by 10 and waking up. My body will naturally, if I go to bed at 10, my body will naturally wake me up at seven. And so it's like knowing, like giving yourself the space. So if you're in a nine to five and like you have to set your alarm at certain times, you could do it on the weekend and see what happens. Like give yourself literally just like go to bed when you're tired and see when you wake up without any alarms, without any interruptions. And like, that'll give you an idea of like, oh my gosh, this is how much sleep I need. Um, So that is a foundation for me. Um, With that, um, there's a few things that I do to like help me sleep better, um, which are like tangible things that um, we can do. Um one is changing. Um, so I change my sheets every two weeks, but I change my pillowcases every week. So like it's kind of like a more sustainable thing. Like it's like changing my sheets more than twice a month. Like it's just a lot to like add to laundry, but I can change my pillowcase and not have to wash those pillowcases until I wash my sheets. So it's like that's something that I've incorporated and I notice a shift. Um, just having that clean pillowcase, um, that just like fresh environment really helps me sleep better. Um, I typically shower at night instead of in the morning. Um, That helps me sleep better, Um, showering at night. And then I'm a big lavender eucalyptus girl. So I have like a lot of like, I have candles that are that scent. I have body wash that is, that is that scent I have literally shampoo that is eucalyptus like I'm literally all into the lavender eucalyptus vibe um and I even have like pillow sprays like I just got it the other day because I ran out Um, but like sometimes I'll spray it on my pillow or like I'll just spray it in the room and like that smell signals to me, it's time for sleep. So those are just a few like tangible examples. I think sometimes it can feel very overwhelming to be like, how do I begin having a like better sleep routine? So the tangible thing, shower at night, change your pillowcase every two weeks. And if you can change it once a week, that is like, or wait, yeah, once a week, sorry. Once a week change your sheets every two weeks. Um, And um, one thing, one final thing is moving your, any electronics out of your room. So I don't have, Chase and I don't have a TV in our room. Um, I don't keep my laptop in my room either. And I, like, if I'm really committed, I'll move my phone out of the room and keep it charged in the living room or kitchen at night. So those are just, like, examples of, like, ways to, like, take, like, technology energy out of your sleep space um, and improve your sleep. So I did, like, a behavior change project in co- in college about this, um, and I did, like, I, I ha- we had to develop five different practices for this behavior change. Um, and, like, another thing that I did in college was, like, yoga mats, having them accessible, and it was like 5 minutes a night after i shower it's like the lights are going down the candles lit and give myself time to breathe or like stretch what what needs to be stretched before bed so those are a few examples to like improve your sleep and like sleep is so critical i'm actually like kind of terrified to be a parent because like my sleep is so important to me so like to the parents Thanks. listening like i will love to hear your tips. Reach out to me if you have any tips because I hear about sleep deprivation and parenting, and I'm like, ah.
0: like <laughs> parents listening are like, no, we have no tips. They're like, we don't. I'm struggling, we don't sleep deprived, and I'm like, let's change that. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you with the nine hours. I'm one of those people as well that I need my nine, eight to nine, eight is like eh, I'm doing okay. Seven, yeah. I am struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and five or six, I can't function. It's, uh, I can physically feel my body is less optimal in every way. My cognitive function is impaired. My, uh, you know, my hormones just my, uh, which I'm eating you know, more energy. than I
1: need to be in the day. Because, yes. Like, I need anything for like that sugar rush. Yeah. Like, no.
0: yeah uh, we're, you know, we're, um, Less sleep will throw off your hunger hormones. Mm -hmm. So your leptin and your ghrelin, which are the ones that tell you if you're hungry or full. And so those can be affected. Your cortisol levels are probably going to be elevated. And so that is something that will also probably influence appetite. Potentially, uh, you'll feel a lot more like cravings. Mm-hmm. Um this is something Adam Schaefer from Mind Pump talked about all the time is the impact that mm-hmm. sleep can have on your uh cravings and and your nutrition um choices throughout the day and kind of what you're like drawn to. Mm-hmm. And so the benefits of sleep are absolutely like endless and could talk about forever. And so something a, a reference I want to give to everyone or uh, something you can go listen to is Matthew Walker
1: mm-hmm. on
0: the Joe Rogan podcast or I believe Matthew Walker has a book as well but he's a sleep expert mm-hmm. and when you listen to him on Joe Rogan sharing the like science of sleep it I've I've heard from multiple people as well as myself it is game changing with really understanding the science and Therefore, the importance of getting adequate sleep in all all facets of life, and so I highly recommend that podcast um, as well. Uh, tactical strategies, I love those, Tori. Those are so I think incredible, uh, and yeah, also things like exercise and movement can make a big impact on our sleep. If uh, I've personally noticed it myself, but when we're not exercising, Mm -hmm. we're sometimes not going to have as great sleep. And then that great sleep leads to low energy and it's just kind of becomes this cycle. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so that plus morning sunlight, morning, getting some sunlight in your eyes in the morning, especially, but also in the afternoon is incredibly beneficial when it comes to melatonin production. So, melatonin is the hormone that puts our bodies to sleep. And so, if you're having a hard time sleeping and you're not getting outside like practically at all, mm-hmm. see if you can get a little bit of sunlight in first thing in the morning, even if it's just, you know, five minutes, but ideally more like 10, 15 minutes would be an awesome thing to see if that can make an impact on your ability to fall asleep. But we could talk about this probably forever. This could be a whole other <laughs> podcast topic, but it is so important to this conversation because sleep when it comes to wellness is huge, right? And and we when we talk about sleep, I want to start talking about, you know, nutrition and mm-hmm. exercise and, and all the things that kind of encompass here.
1: Well, and uh, it's so funny real quick from, so my sleep habit is critical to the mindfulness, but my daily walks is a game changer. And I told Anna, because Anna's my coach, and we were talking about like, one of my big goals is 5,000 steps a day. And that doesn't seem like a lot, but I was recognizing I wasn't getting that. And that is just like a minimum to just like be conscious of like, am I moving my body every day? Um, and so it's a lot easier when it's nice out. I'm really happy. Like Chase and I have been going on walks the last three days because it's like so beautiful. Uh, so it's tricky when it gets colder, but, um, it, I see such shift like going, And walking, you know, you could do it by yourself. You can pop in a podcast or some music or like go with someone like Chase and I went with my little sister on Sunday and like did a little adventure walk. And it was just like, you know, we created that memory together of like an hour of like fresh air and, you know, you felt so good after it. Um, And so Daily Walks, Alex L, who I referenced earlier, she has like an account that's all about Daily Walks. And how like it impacts just every aspect of our life. If we can just get outside for 10 to 15 minutes a day, like we're winning. And so that's been like a new thing I'm introducing to myself and it's tricky in the colder weather, but I'm like, I need to just bundle up and do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, the morning walk habit, something I did, I, I Mm. like never missed a day for like years. And recently Mm. it's been um, a little bit rocky with being able to like the, the cold weather, like you can definitely bundle up and Mm. um, it does take some brain energy to, to (laughs) get yourself outside. But (laughs) once you get outside, it's a lot easier. It's, Mm. it's not as hard as we often make it out to be, but I've anecdotally the the, walking daily, huge, huge benefits. Mentally, feel a lot more clear. I am my most creative when I get outside. I have all of my best ideas I notice come to me either while I'm walking outside or when I'm in the shower, (laughs) shower shower thoughts. Um, But so yeah, walking, huge movement is huge here. Um, And to kind of bring it back to something we were talking about at the beginning is your space keeping your space clean I know that I'm sure you have so much to share here and you did share a good bit earlier but I want to share for me the doing the little things every day I notice has made a has made a very positive impact And and I'm not sure if my mental health being in a better spot is helping me kind of do a little bit more of these things, or if doing more of these things is helping my mental health be in a better spot. I'm sure it's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of doing the, like, uh, like putting things back where they go, like making your bed, right. Little things like this, Keeping my bedside table clean helps me every night remember to use my mouth tape, which side note, that's another great thing to increase your quality of sleep uh, that mm-hmm. I, I do pretty much every night. And um, so, yeah, just these the little things of, you know, if something, I love the saying, if something takes less than 60 seconds, do it now, right? Like always do it now. And that's kind of something I try and live by is if I see something that can be done, just really quickly i'll just go you know put it back where it goes or um mm-hmm. in the moment cleaning up after myself like sometimes i'll be i'll be rushing out the door really quickly and i wanted to put a little bit of makeup on mm-hmm. and i will you know the the thought of not cleaning it up will cross my mind but i never leave without it being all back in my bag and cleaned up no matter if i'm running late or not and so just those little things I've noticed make a big difference, but also the big aspects of keeping your space clean. I'd love for you to touch on kind of the transformations you've seen um, with people with that and the impact it can make.
1: Yeah. So, um, definitely the physical aspects of our spaces are critical to our mental health and well-being. um, Another aspect that I don't think is always shared or highlighted is the impact of the energy in our space. So I'm huge on that and living environments as well. Um, Recognizing if you have roommates, if you live with family members, like who is in the, the space that you live? Do you live, you know, do you have your own room? Do you, you know, are you in a basement? Like take inventory of where your home is right now and recognize is this like recognize if the space is healthy or not for you. Um, I know it's tricky. The whole financial aspect I recognize in Loudoun County, it is so tricky to navigate, especially as a young adult, where do I live? How do I afford this? So, like a lot of us live with our parents. I live with my, you know, parents off and on after graduating college. And I was like, ah, like, you know, it's not ideal, but like how to make it work. And, um, so recognizing like what you need in a living space and that answer is different for all of us. Um, for instance, what is your go to bedtime? Like, um, That's something I wish me and my college roommate did not vibe because we had different go-to-bed times and wake-up times. And that wasn't something we thought to think about before rooming together. So if you're listening to this and maybe you're preparing to go to college or you're graduating college and you're looking for a roommate, have that conversation of like, I go to bed at 10 p.m. Like ideally, I'm a big sleeper. I go to bed from 10 to 7. That is like a critical thing to think about in your living environment. Because if you have someone, let's say I was a server at a certain time, if you're a server, you're going to bed at one or two a.m. every night, like hands down, like I was sleeping as a server from like one a.m. until like 10 a.m. was like my typical sleep time. So that's very different than someone waking up at seven a.m. making a smoothie and then that other person being pissed off because you're like, it's so early. And you're like, it's not early. I'm just trying to do my daily routine. So as you can see, like that prime example is like, Oh my gosh, that can like cause a lot of stress in everyone. Cause you're like, we just live differently. Like we have different sleep schedules. We have different expectations of the home. Um, I don't like, um, uh, making my clients feel as if their home has to look like it's not lived in. I love helping them have a space for everything and encouraging them to identify a space for everything, but that doesn't mean that like, they can't leave certain things out. Like I totally understand having kids living with people in your home. Um, not everything's gonna be put away. I don't always put things away. Like one of my things that I had to help me, I got tired of folding blankets all the time, um, whenever we were done using them. And so we have a blanket basket now, When I really feel like it, I'll roll the blankets up, make it look cute. But most of the time I just throw it in the basket and it's put away. Um, So like having systems that help make keeping your home clean easier, um, for instance, have a no-shoe policy in your house and it's a game changer because think about all the like dirt and mud and all the things that we track, track into our, our homes all across our home because we're wearing shoes throughout the home. So that's something that like I've adopted in my house is no shoes allowed in the home. You take them off at the door. Guests know that as well. It's like a, a thing. Um, and I feel like there's like one more thing that I like tell clients. I'm like, this is going to help you like be able to, um, maintain your home is um, being clear on everyone's roles in the home. If one person is carrying everything, which I see a lot of the time, the mother, the female in the home, um, that's not how it has to be. Um, So being conscious and aware of um, what you need from the other members living in the home um, makes a big difference. I've seen the shift in my clients being recognizing like, I need help from my husband or I need help from my, you know, 16 year old. And I'm like, you, you get to have that conversation with them and say, we are a family unit. We work together. I need, you know, I need all of us to take part in this home, not just me burning myself out. So those are a few tips in short of like ways that I help my clients with their home environment. Um, I'm very big on having set spaces for things. So right now, um, you won't see it when you're listening, but I'm recording this podcast from my guest room. I'm on an air mattress right now. It's usually not up, but my sister stayed. So usually the air mattress is in the closet and this room is used for my office. So whenever I'm working, I'm not working in my bedroom. I'm not working in my living room. I'm working in the guest room. And this is also the space. If I do work out at home, I usually, if I'm working out at home, it's usually yoga and stretching. My yoga mats are available in here. So, um, that helps to keep like this space is for this basically. So being very clear on what activities and what habits you're going to have in each space and compartmentalizing basically what each space in your home is. I know Anna, for you like having that workout area in the basement um, must be so cool to be like, this is obviously where I work out. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yes. And something I'm trying to incorporate is office space. Mm, yeah. I will uh work in my room or, you know, in the kitchen and or like in the basement on the couch. And it's like it's I know that it is negatively impacting my ability to focus and be productive. And also when it comes to sleeping, right? I'm uh mm-hmm. I'm not making a clear uh differentiator between my mm-hmm. workspace and my sleep, my zen space. And mm-hmm. so that's something that I'm kind of in the works of mm-hmm. wow. of thinking about and creating, but those are some awesome tips with how to better create systems in your, in your house, keep your space, how you want it, what's going to serve you best. And so much of that comes back to communication. Like we were talking about before is having conversations, um, and, uh, yeah, just being open and, and, um, chatting with people in your household,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, can, can make a big difference.
1: I had that conversation. Sorry. I had a conversation with um just the whole unit here of like, I can't function if there's dishes in the sink when I wake up in the morning. Like that is my biggest trigger. Um, and so I communicated that and I was like, I if you know, all you have to do, we have a dishwasher, put it in the dishwasher, or put it, you know, wash it and put it in the dry rack. You have two options. Um, and setting that boundary of like, if you're going to use a dish, put it in the dishwasher or hand wash it, um, is a game changer because I hated waking up in the morning and smelling old food in the sink. Like that is like, if I, and I know some people live like that and that's fine. Like no shame at all. Like, however, for me, I just like i'm I'm really weird with smells, like I said with the lavender, um, so like smells really are like a big deal for me, and yeah. if I smell like old spaghetti waking up in the morning, I'm like not like it's not the vibe, it's really like messing with with my day, so I communicated that,
0: and we haven't had an issue, so um very I love it. <laughs> I love it, and I think when it comes to especially keeping care of the home, I think that it's not that everyone always lacks communication here. I think that there's often communication being had, but it's how you communicate. Mm-hmm. I it's I think it's very common to let things turn into like a, you never do this. You never take care of that. Gosh, mm-hmm. if you could just, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And it's like when we are in a constant like nagging type Um, You know, it can be frustrating when, you know, people don't necessarily are receptive, but maybe trying something new of, hey, this is really important to me and it really makes a big impact in my life and how I feel mentally. Could you please help me out with this or, you know, and this will be beneficial for all of us if, if, you know, we could kind of have a better system here and just kind of approaching it in a little bit different way. Sometimes I think can make a big impact in how it's received, and also incorporating some positive affirmations. So, you know, when someone does, you know, for example, do the dishes, being like, "Hey, I, I love it when you do that mm-hmm. for me. You know, it really means a lot to me. Like, I, uh, you know, I appreciate it a lot, and, you know, I think that, um, you know, even just giving like a compliment um, with with kind of when these people are picking up something else. And, and that positive reinforcement will oftentimes help people want to do it again, right? Make you yeah. happy versus only leading with criticism that mm-hmm. can oftentimes make people, you know, just kind of a little bit resentful. So I think that how you communicate as well can be really, really beneficial here.
1: Absolutely. I forget that. I love words of affirmation, but my head is like, well, this is just obvious. It's a, it's a, we should all just do it. And I'm like, no, like I have to recognize that, like, shout out this person for, you know, changing and evolving and, you know, recognize the times because then they're going to want to do it more. Like we love being like receiving that affirmation, those affirmations. So
0: yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay. So to kind of wrap it up, we, we talked a lot of little, Mm -hmm. um, strategies. And I think that this last point here is, is a nice way to bring everything together is it's a little bit like a little bit meta is asking yourself, you know, do you, do you feel aligned in your life and what you do? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that burnout and, you know, just kind of struggling and, and just feeling like you're constantly like, having to white knuckle it with like, let's say your, your career is, are you really feeling aligned and, and, um, liking what you do?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and having, you know, that some sort of like passion for what you do and not that you have to be like, uh, you love what you do so much and you always feeling passionate and, you know, but at some level, having that alignment of feeling like, you know, this is kind of what you were put here to do. This is fulfilling you. And if it's not your career, if, if you're having that alignment somewhere else in your life of maybe it's like a side project or, or, or you know, some sort of um, hobby is are you feeling aligned and sometimes taking a step back and slowing down in life to let yourself sit with these, these feelings and these thoughts of, and kind of having that introspection of what, looking at what you're doing and asking yourself how it makes you feel and, and how, um, and what you truly want. And I think that when you can slow down, you can then go fast because you're able to align yourself with what is true and, and best for you. So then you're able to, you know, jump in and go as fast as you want without kind of, Having so many feelings of burnout and um just, you know, et cetera. So have you ever experienced that or you kind of know, kind of picking up what I'm putting down there?
1: Yeah. I um I was a college graduate in December of 2017, and I felt like there were certain expectations for a college grad, like, you know have a job lined up, you know, make a certain amount of money. Like, I just felt like there were all these things that you're supposed to have when you graduated college. Live by yourself or like with roommates, not with your parents. Um, And a lot of my expectations were like very different than reality. Um, And so I had a really rough transition from college life to post-college life. Um, And it took, you know, really, like, I would say two to three years to kind of struggle and navigate, like, what does life look like after college? Um, What does my job look like? What does my living environment look like? Like, what do I want in my life? And um, I like when you're talking about pulling, you know, resting and pausing to be able to go forward. Um, I love the image of a slingshot um I truly felt like when I had my mental health crisis in in May of 2021 um, I, I like calling it a spiritual awakening because yes it was a crisis and it was like me truly awakening and like recognizing rock bottom and um that process was me pulling back the slingshot was me like, It felt like I was going backwards and I was like, all right, we're going, you know, rock bottom, like what's happening, but like in the surrender, in the release, in the, okay, let it be like, I truly found my purpose and I, and I was like released, like the slingshot was released. Um, And I've never been the same since. So, you know, I recognize that not all of us have this like super extreme, go to the, you know, mental health hospital for 11 days, and then you're like, boom. And um, it wasn't like an overnight thing. But like, I truly feel like that was a turning point for me going to Dominion and, and being so scared and being like, I don't know what to do, but I know something has to shift And so um, it may be something as simple as leaving the current job you're in. Maybe that's your turning point. Maybe your turning point is moving out of a toxic living environment. Maybe it's, you know, moving somewhere. Um, It can be like as little as changing a habit like what we were talking about today. These little things that might be something that is just a game changer for you. Maybe having that sleep schedule and, and maybe what Anne and I were talking about resonated with you that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not productive. I'm not doing any of these things. Um, you know, I'm not doing the things I want to do because I'm sleep deprived. So I can't make decisions. I'm not in touch with my intuition and my gut because I'm so sleep deprived and I'm on survivor mode. So um, I would say like, for those listening um if you're in any of those spots like one like Anna and I get it um we've had our own versions of those you know seasons hard seasons and you know reach out to us we're available and also like just recognize that like it seems like it's the opposite to do when you're struggling to like surrender and let it go but like in that surrender that's what releases you And so, um, yeah, like have the courage to like, be like this, this feels so uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to do this, but, um, when you're in a tough season and you see, like, I kind of envision a tunnel and it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm in this tunnel and it's like, oh, there, I can't go back. I have to go through to get to the other side. That's what I saw when I was like in my mental health crisis was like, I'm in the tunnel and I can't go back. And there was a only way out is through. And so feel those feelings, let it out, like cry, do whatever you have to do. And like, you can get through this, you can get through this hard season. I know it's so scary. I know what it's like to be so scared. Um, and being like, I don't know how to get through it. And it's just one step in front of the other. And I'm telling you when you're on the other side, it's going to be like, Oh my gosh, I did it. Like, I truly feel like I can do anything now because I went through this, the hardest point of my life. And, um, your sense of worth is like shifted. So yeah, that's, I guess like my response to that is just don't be afraid to pull back to be released.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your story and that is such a powerful you know example of kind of what we're talking about here and I've definitely like you said, I've been there with um kind of I think it was early early 2021 hitting my rock bottom, I felt uh, the worst I'd felt in my whole life uh, mentally, physically, I was struggling and it just felt like dang i I can't catch a break. It feels like everything. Is falling to shit. <laughs> and, um, but all of these things coming crumbling down kind of, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, relationships, um, you know, just getting kind of the awakening with my stress levels and what I was letting build and the, the issues I was experiencing with my hormones and all these different things mm-hmm. taught me so much, taught me it really, I think, gave me a really rounded out perspective and and has helped me be a better coach because of it, Um, Mm -hmm. has given me more compassion and empathy and understanding of what that can feel like when, you know, your, your hunger hormones are so thrown off that it's like I was struggling so much with my eating behaviors after I had done years of working on my relationship to food. I felt like I had made all this progress and then all, and then I was struggling again so much and it it felt really, really defeating. And, uh, the thing that helps me come out of that is exactly what you're saying is the surrender, the letting go of trying so hard to control and being so fixated on this outcome that you need. Um, I think, I think that surrender doesn't mean like you're not trying. It means like you're letting go of the like expectation, the outcome um, as much. And this is something I've noticed in my life as a pattern over and over is I can kind of fall into that pattern of wanting to control so much, not feeling safe, feeling, you know, like I I just, um, you know, future is uncertain, Right but when i am in the seasons of surrender trusting my path i feel absolutely incredible and that's the biggest differentiator is feeling that that surrender and that trust and i think there's a really great book on on surrender i think it might be called letting go mm-hmm. i think it's on my list to read next but mm-hmm. um but you know some of you might be like what are you guys talking about i really do <laughs> not understand but <laughs> I think it's something that when you experience it and when, when you can like learn about it a little bit, it makes it, I think it is really great to have that awareness and, and that understanding of, of surrender and what that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. So Tori, this was so incredible chatting. Anything else you want to add or, or leave our listeners with? So um music helps me heal a lot. Um I'm sure a lot of us relate
1: to that. Um and I was like, as Anna was talking, I'm like, all these songs are popping in my head. I'm like, okay, which song am I gonna tell you guys to listen to? Um yeah, music is something that's like you listen to a song and like it can open you up. It can be like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Um and um, I adore Marin Morris and she has a song called Bones. Um I think most people have probably heard of it, but um, the song, the whole idea of the song is like when the bones are good, the rest don't matter. The paint could peel, the glass could shatter. And it's like recognizing that, um, like to let it burn and like not be afraid to get to like the most inward part of yourself. That's the way I choose to view that song. And Marin wrote that song in the midst of the pandemic when she was in her own mental health crisis. And so, like, to like, not only have Anna and I in your corner, but like, I admire a musician that is like, I struggled. And I was like, what is life? What am I doing? What's my next step? And it's like, this song is so, it's helped me heal over and over. Like I've cried multiple times listening to it, just recognizing like, um, just this, this human experience that we're all a part of. And, um, basically asking yourself, what is my foundation? Like, what is, what is the most me? Like, what is my authentic self? And like getting to the bones of who you are, like what's left when all the things are shed, like all the external things are shed and you have nothing left. Like, who are you? And like, like get to know that person because that, like when you get to know the bones of who you are and like the bones are good like you can't be shaken and that authenticity will shine through. And like, it's going to heal so many people. Um, and like, that's something that I connected to Anna on, like, it was just like, I like, am so attracted to people who are like healing and on this journey and showing up and being vulnerable and, and like, getting to know themselves and like who they truly are. So that's the song I'm going to leave you guys with. Go check it out. If you haven't heard it, she has an, a version with Hosier um, that's a little slower. And like, if you really want to cry, listen to that version, but um, yeah. And then I do want to give the listeners a discount code to the retreat. Um, The promo code will be strong and healthy, all caps. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're interested in the retreat and you're like, I really want to go, We're giving you a code um, for a discount and we hope that you'll join
0: us. Thank you so much. (laughs) Exclusive discount for (laughs) y'all listeners, strong and healthy. I love it. Um, Definitely go check out Tori's links. I will put that in the description, but I have, I have like a comment on the music thing that I I kind of have a funny, um, I think perspective on this. And and I know that uh, many probably don't really relate to here, but I have found that metal as, as funny as it sounds, I have found so much joy in just getting like lost in the metal world and the I've I've heard that metal can make you feel happier. Uh, there's like been studies done and I'm like, yeah, it helps me feel happier. And I just love it so much. Um, so if there's any fellow metal heads listening, like hit me up, like let's bond over metal, but Um, there's a song called holding on to smoke by motionless and white. That is, um, it's, it's intense, but it's awesome. And it's him talking kind of through his internal battles and, um, and he has this line in there. It says, I may bend, but I won't break Mm because I define who I become. And I'm like, heck yes. (laughs) Like, this is some inspirational (gasps) metal song. I love it. Um, but it's super heavy and and fun. So I just find it really fun. And and it's been a part of my healing journey as, as funny mm-hmm. as that sounds. So I wanted to share that. And lastly, um, to kind of wrap up this conversation, I think that a perspective that's helped me a ton is that you will never, I think be like fully healed. And mm-hmm. I think that we're all on this journey. Mm-hmm. We are all working to, you know, um, continue growing and evolving and it's not like this end there's never like a finish line where you're just you know uh this I've
1: arrived
0: yeah like this this <laughs> totally healed human exactly the same thing as health and fitness right this is a journey it's like a lifelong practice and it's something that you're never gonna you know if you do put a destination on it it's like okay what after that you know or are you just going to stop growing and evolving and, and prioritizing this, this awesome piece of life. So and something that has been helpful for me is like, you know, I see these people online and I'm like, wow, they're so spiritual and like, seem so healed. And I have all this, you know, this room for growth still. And it's like, I just want to get there, but I'm on my own path and I've, I've had my growth and I'm going to continue to grow. And, and there's never, there's not like a finish line or like a gold star for getting to a certain place.
1: Yeah. And it's not linear, linear either. So it's like, there's no end point and there's not this certain path to be on. And like, that's so beautiful to be able to surrender to that and be like, all right, like this healing journey, all of our healing journeys are unique. There can be aspects of things that we relate to, but there's no wrong way to lean into your healing. Like, I feel like it's all about trust, learning to trust yourself and that inner voice however you view the inner voice like your intuition higher power whatever you know you view it's like being you know aligning with that is just like such a beautiful thing to you know be part of this journey and recognize that like every single person still struggles like i said on talking to my mom it was like you know having a moment um so yeah we're all human and we have those moments of doubt and Struggle,
0: so yep, yep, we are all human, and that's another thing the relationships have showed me is that we've all we've all got our stuff we're working through, but yeah. um we could we could talk all day. it was so <laughs> so incredible chatting with you, Tori, Thank so you, many yeah. gems in this podcast, um, I really appreciate you coming on. And you can find Tori's links in the description. I will put her Instagram, which I'm sure is linked to all of the other things you can find. You can find her (laughs) home (laughs) organizing. I like combine those words. Home organizing (laughs) service. You can also find her uh, amazing community for here in Loudoun, as well as her retreat um, that will be at the end of March, 2023. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, and use code strong and healthy for a discount there. And we hope to see you there,
1: yay. And then one really quick thing. Anna's gonna be on the first season of my podcast. I haven't publicly said this anywhere yet, so you all are getting the first little mini announcement. The podcast is coming this spring, and Anna will be a guest.
0: Yay, <laughs> definitely <laughs> tune in, follow along, Tori, to um to find that. Um, But I hope you guys all have a good rest of your week. You as well, Tori. And thank you again.
1: Thank you.
0: Bye.